We're going to be in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16. I remember growing up, uh, there was a culture of, of prayer in my family. And uh, so many times I'd hear uh, my mother talk about praying about something or my dad talking about praying about something, and then it would happen. And I saw that over and over and over again. I saw uh, times where there would be uh, a trouble in the church, and uh, sometimes they would fast. And there'd be several days where they would skip a meal, and they would seek God, and, and God would work and move in some pretty amazing ways. Um, God is a, a real and present help for us. And uh, we can call upon His name. And I'm so grateful to God that he answers prayer. And I'm grateful to, to Jesus Christ that he paid the price so that I would have access to God in prayer. And uh, we need uh, to come to him, not only to find the things that we need, but also to draw near to him in relationship. It's one of the greatest blessings that we can have in our Christian walk is to draw near to God in fellowship with him. Uh, the scripture that we're looking at uh, tonight actually deals with um, Jesus' great high priestly ministry. And we know that because of Jesus' death at the cross, he ripped the veil in two, he made a way open. He has also entered in before us, behind the veil, not just in the, in the temple, but also in the very courts of heaven. Jesus has gone in before us, and he's prepared the way for us to go in. And uh, when you get to verse 16, it's actually saying that since Jesus has done all this, this is what you should do. And so uh, that's where we will pick it up here in just a moment. And the title of my message is, How to Approach God in Prayer. And so let's read verse 16. It says, Therefore... Let us approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. Short little verse there, but such a powerful verse. How do you approach God in prayer? Well, first of all, I want you to see that we need to come boldly. We need to come boldly. He says, therefore... In other words, because of all that Christ has done, because we can count on it, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness. This boldness means that we come not in paralyzing fear, but we come like kids running to jump up on their daddy's lap, assuming their daddy's a good daddy, okay? Um, we come just with the freedom of our privilege. Uh, I remember reading uh, about one of the presidents of our country, and uh, his little boy liked to play beneath the, the presidential desk in the Oval Office. And, uh, you know, nobody much has access to the President of the United States, but this little boy had access. Why? Because the President was his daddy. And so he could come, and he could play in the Oval Office, uh, and uh, have access where very few would have access to. Well, you and I, when we put our trust in Jesus Christ, we're adopted into the family of God. 
We are spiritual royalty, and we have access because God is our daddy. We can come directly into his presence in prayer. So we can come boldly. We come boldly because we don't have to worry about the shame or the guilt of our sin because Jesus, if we know him, Jesus has taken that in our place. We come boldly because Jesus tells us we are justified uh, and that we are clothed in his very righteousness so that as we come into the presence of God, he sees the beautiful, spotless righteousness of Jesus as our clothing because of what Jesus did for us. And uh, his perfect life is credited to us so we can come boldly. Uh, sometimes I've, I've had, uh, and, and, and the devil used to really ring my bell with this when I was in high school, I, I, this, this idea of the devil's accusations. He is the accuser, isn't he? And he would accuse me, and, and he would make me feel as though I was not worthy to come into the presence of God. And it's true. In and of myself, I'm not worthy. But I remember that glorious day when I discovered Romans 5. <laughs> and I found that I am clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And uh, he has taken my filthy garments like Zechariah 3 talks about. He's taken my filthy garments off. He's put the beautiful shining robe of Christ's righteousness as my garment so that I can enter boldly. So I can just come. As familiar as I am with one of you, I can come into the presence of God. Now, I come with a different level of respect and a different level of honor. We'll talk about that here in a moment. But, but I come with the familiarity because he's my dad, right? I could just come into his presence anytime I want to. I come with boldness and I come. Now, not, the word for boldness also means openness, or frankness, or uh, being who you really are. The people, if, if you have some true friends that you can just be yourself, and when you're in their presence, you don't have to worry about how you're coming across, or you don't have to, you know, uh, take a lot of thought uh, in terms of, of, of how you're relating to that person. Why? Because you just gel. It's just, it just happens naturally. You can be open. You can be yourself, Right? Hopefully you have that relationship with your spouse where you can be open. Uh, that's what God desires with us. He wants us to be open with him. And um, the amazing thing about God is he's never shocked about us. He, he never said, well, boy, Roger, uh, you shared that sin with me. <laughs> I don't know if we can be friends anymore. It never surprises him. He already knows it. Uh, and if I, if I take... Uh, my lack of faith to him, if, if I am struggling uh, with emotions or if I'm struggling in some other area and I come to him and I'm open with him and I am who I am, he accepts me. And unlike human friends who are like, you know, after a while you talk, you know, if you're, if you go uh, and you have a, a, an extended discussion, I'm not talking about talking to somebody for 15 minutes. I'm talking about a two-hour discussion. I don't care how godly you are. By the time you get to the end of two hours with an emotional discussion, you're going to start to zone out, okay? 
and you're gonna, your eyes are gonna get blank, and you, you get the slack. We, 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 my brother and I, we had a, a friend who, uh, uh, we were, we were talking to him one day, and uh, he was, he was lo- down like this, and his mouth was hanging open. I thought drool was about to come out. His eyes looked like they were just utterly, completely bored, and uh, <laughs> we, we have laughed about that for years. And uh, uh, it was the epitome of boredom and disengagement. And uh, he was my best friend at the time. <laughs> so, uh, you know, God never does that. He doesn't check out. He, he doesn't have a limit to how much emotional energy he can give or how much time he can spend. He accepts us and we can be perfectly who we are and we can cast our cares on him and our burdens on him because they're never too big for him. Uh, so we can be open. And so that's kind of the idea as well, that this, this openness of going to him. Now, uh, I think God wants us to be completely blunt with where we are. Because if we're, if we're, if we're struggling with sin, if we're blunt with him and we tell him about it, he can help us with it, right? If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, right? So he, he begins that work of helping to fix it as we take it to him. But if we're doing well or if we want to praise him, he wants the sincere praise of our hearts. And so uh, he wants us just to be open. And so uh, a lot of times we may think, well, you know, I've got to do a checklist, right? I've got to, if I, I'm coming to God in prayer, I've got to check off all these things and and I do have a list, and I, and I admit, sometimes I'm a little bit uh, compulsive about that list. I will admit that. But that's not how God wants us to come to Him. He wants us to come, nothing wrong with lists, but He wants us to come with openness and freedom to engage in a conversation. To tell Him what's going on in our lives. Um, it's amazing as, as we're open with God how he can bring his peace and he can change where we are in our, in our uh, disposition. Uh, the peace that passes understanding and the joy unspeakable and full of glory come from drawing near to God and as we draw near to him, he draws near to us. And he refreshes us and he restores us. In his presence. And so um, come boldly and openly to him. Secondly, come humbly. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace. Now, this word throne is important. This is something that uh, a lot of people in our day and age have forgotten. God is on the throne and we are not. If you, if you listen to some health wealth preachers, they act as though God is their lackey and they can tell him what to do and he has to do it. That is not true. I don't care how much you say you, you have faith or how much you name it and claim it and blab it and grab it. You cannot manipulate God. He is God and you are not. And neither am I. And you, we, we, uh, we have to recognize who he is. He's the sovereign God of the universe. We don't tell him what to do. He tells us what to do. Okay? 
So it's, it's a different way of looking at things for some folks. But the idea is not that we're intimidated by him, because again, we come boldly. But we need to come humbly. How much wisdom do I have? Not too much in the grand scheme of things, okay? Um, I have a finite amount of wisdom, and God has an infinite amount of wisdom. How much power do I have? Not very much. He has an infinite amount of power. How much understanding do I have about the circumstances of my life? Not very much a lot of the time. He has perfect understanding of what I'm going through. How much control do I have over my life? Some people think they've got their life in, in control and uh, nothing can jar it out of control. They're, they're in for a rude awakening. One day they will wake up to the fact that they don't have their life under control. The only one who can control our lives is God. He is the sovereign of the universe. So we come humbly because we recognize that he is the source and we are the ones in need. <laughs> that he is the king and we are the subjects. And though he doesn't treat us as subjects, he treats us as sons and daughters. He does have a purpose for us to fulfill. And it's not, our lives are not about getting God to fulfill our purpose. It's about aligning ourselves with God's purpose. So when we recognize that he is on the throne and we are not, it, it gives us the right perspective in prayer. Because there are going to be times I come before God and I want something. And I ask God for it. And God doesn't want to give that because he knows it will harm me or he knows that's not my plan for you. And if I recognize that he's on the throne and I'm, I have a humble spirit that I am willing to adjust my agenda to his. So important. You can't have power in prayer if you're not willing to adjust yourself to the purposes of God. Prayer oftentimes... Uh, it does, I do believe that our prayers affect God and that he does respond to them. And I don't believe, uh, some people say, well, everything's determined and our prayers don't really matter. It's God's going to do what he wants to do. I don't believe that. The Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible says, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which you know not. So our prayers do affect God. But when God says no or he says wait uh, and he has a different purpose, recognizing who he is and who I'm not helps me to rest in the fact that God knows what he's doing and he knows better to do with what with my life than I do right um, so I can also be secure have you ever wondered what would happen if God answered your prayer and it would be something really really bad for you um you know, I, I'll confess to you, uh, there have been times that I have asked God for something, and I said, but Lord, if that's not the best thing, please don't do it. Because I'm worried about it, and I don't need to be worried about it, because guess what? He has perfect wisdom, and he reserves the right to say, no, Roger, that is a stupid idea, okay? <laughs> and praise God he does, because I've had some stupid ideas over the years. And, but but God, God is so faithful. And so uh, we come humbly to him because he is the source and he is the one who is in charge. 
He is the sovereign of the universe. He holds the galaxies together by his power. The demons tremble before him. The angels that when they speak, the ground shakes, they cover their face because of the brilliance of his majesty. This is the God that we serve. And that is really amazing. Because listen, there's nothing that we can take to him that he can't handle. And so we come humbly before him. So come boldly. How to approach him in prayer? Come boldly, come humbly. Thirdly, come gratefully. He says, therefore, let us approach the throne of grace. I love that. It's a throne where grace is dispensed. It's a throne from which we get grace. Uh, many people have compared this phrase to the Old Testament mercy seat. Because in uh, Old Testament Israel, the Ark of the Covenant was viewed as the throne of God. Where he came and dwelt among his people. And uh, as the priests would come on the day of atonement and they would sprinkle the blood upon the mercy seat. It was right there in the center between the cherubim. It was in the place of God's presence. And from the throne would come mercy for God's people and grace for God's people. Uh, praise God because of the cross. His throne is a throne of grace. And uh, we can come to find that grace in our time of need. And uh, I'm so grateful for what Jesus has done. Not just in the grace for my salvation, which if that's all he ever did, that would be uh, a blessing so great and so wonderful, I don't even know if I, I can put it into words. But he also gives me grace to do the things he's called me to do and to be the person he's called me to be as I call upon his name. It's a throne of grace. And everything he does for me, he does in grace because I don't deserve any of it. And he just dispenses that because he's good. So I need to come gratefully to him. There's not a day, I don't care how bad a day it is. I don't care if you stubbed your toe when you got out of bed and, and you had a car wreck on the way to work and killed a dog and went through a flood. I had a day like that one day. I don't know if I stubbed my toe, but I did. I had a wreck that morning and hit a dog. And then that night I drove my Sherry's car because my car was already wrecked. I drove Sherry's car into the water in a flood. But how, however bad your day may be, there's something to thank God for because God has been good to you. He's let us take another breath. He's provided us food to eat. Uh, he, he has given us a hope and a future through Jesus Christ. We need to come to him gratefully. Thanksgiving ought to be the mark of our prayers and our attitudes with God. And um, if you're like me, sometimes we can get our eyes off of the good things that God is doing for us onto the things that we, we're not satisfied with and we, we get... Uh, uh, grumbling and you know maybe we get critical or whatever and we quench the spirit of God gratefulness helps us to enter the presence of God because it helps us get in the right spot in our attitudes with him so he says you come to the throne of grace uh, everything that God has done for us every good and perfect gift is from above if there's something good in your life it's because God gave it to you how good he is. So come gratefully.
So come boldly, come humbly, come gratefully, come expectantly. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. Uh, there's a song uh, that the Brooklyn Tabernacle does that from time to time I will sing. If I'm going through a crisis, um, and uh, it, it, the name of the song is I Need You Once Again. And basically it's talking about the, the things that are going, Lord, and I just need you. I need you once again. Uh, that song kind of encapsulates what this word uh, help, literally the word in Greek means a, for a good time. In other words, <laughs> this would be a really good time for you to help. That's kind of like the disciples, you know, the boat's sinking. They're like, Jesus, wake up. Don't you care we're about to drown? This would be a really good time for you to do something, right? Um, when we have those desperate situations in our lives, he's always there. Isn't that a wonderful thing? We can call on him uh, no matter, and, and, and nothing intimidates him. Um, <laughs> I used to have a, a friend, I'd go talk to him about my troubles, and, and he'd start his prayer off with, God, I thank you that you're still on your throne. And, uh, you know, he, he had the gift of faith, so, you know, nothing intimidated him. He was ready to start hell with a water pistol, whatever he saw. And, uh, but, you know, he, he would just lift, he would lift me up because he was focusing upon the greatness of, and the power of God. But God is there for us, and He is able. And we can call upon His name. But we need to come expectantly. Um, I love what, what Paul says in Romans. He says, The one who gave His Son freely for us all, how will He not also with Him give us all things? In other words, he's saying there's a principle here. If God gave the most precious and wonderful thing that he had in Jesus Christ so that you could be forgiven and have eternal life, will he not give you this other stuff if he knows it's good for you and it goes in line with his purpose for you? Of course he will. And so we come expectantly, knowing that our God loves us. That he delights in us. He sings over us. I'm not sure what that looks like. But that's what the scripture says. He dances over us. I don't know what that looks like either. But the Bible says it's true. That's how excited he gets. I remember they used to get excited when school got out. You know, they'd be jumping around. Yeah, school's out. <laughs> Summer with no studying. God gets excited over us. I don't know why I shared that. God gets excited over us and dances over us. And the Bible says that uh, we're the apple of his eye. That as a, as a mother bird hovers over her little one, so God hovers over us. This is the heart he has toward us. And... This is why he gives us those invitations. Call unto me and I will answer you. Because he delights in us. I remember uh, when Megan was little, we used to have her write out her Christmas list of things she wanted. And one year, I mean, she had like three pages of single space requests. 
Well, we told her, said, damn, mom and dad can't afford all this, you know. <laughs> it's, uh, there's, a, uh, there's some limit here. But, uh, she, I mean, she just brought it boldly because she knew we loved her and she knew uh, that we wanted to, to bless her. And so she thought, well, buddy, I'm just going to ask for everything I want. And she put it all down there in black and white for us. But, you know, God, we, we can't ever tax him. And he delights in us. Ask for what you need. I love what Luke says. He's talking about how human parents give good gifts to their children. And he says, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Now, the other gospels say, will he give good things? Luke, Luke makes it specific. Will he give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? What spiritual blessings could you ask God for and expect him to fulfill? The Bible says if we ask anything, anything according to his will, he hears us and we'll have the request we've asked of him. That's a pretty powerful promise. Ask God for the things you need in your spiritual life. Ask him for the things you need in your physical life. Ask him for what you want. He may not give it to you, okay? He may know it's not good for you, but ask him for it. He's your father. And ask with expectation. Um, you can ask God for little things. You know, some people say, well, you know, God's, God's got bigger fish to fry than these little things that I would ask him I don't want to bother him with these little things. You, you really think your prayer request taxes God? I mean, he's holding all the galaxies together by his power. Oh, no, Roger just asked for a parking place. What am I going to do? You know, <laughs> he, he's able. We can't tax him. His power is so great. And so just ask him for what you desire. Come boldly to the throne of grace. How to approach him in prayer. Come boldly, come humbly, come gratefully, come expectantly. Because we have a good God who loves us. We have a Savior who's paid the price for our sins and is risen from the dead. And he loves us and is preparing a place for us in heaven. Won't it be great one day when we get to heaven? There's a scripture in the Old Testament that says, Before you ask, I will give it to you. I think heaven's going to be like that. Because God knows what we're going to think of before we think of it, right? He knows what we're going to ask for before we ask. Now, there have been a couple of times here on this earth where I've asked for something, and it came right away. And I thought, God, you, did you know I was going to ask that? Oh, yeah, right, you're omniscient. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, we forget that sometimes. And, and God, I think sometimes he just shows off a little bit just to show us what he can do. He is so amazing. Uh, approach him in prayer and delight in him and seek his face in prayer. And, and the awesome thing is we don't just come for what we can get from God. We come to meet him. We come to know him and to enjoy him. And the awesome thing about drawing near to God in his presence um, is that as we praise him and as we carry our burdens to him and as we thank him and do these things we've been talking about, 
He comes and meets with us where we are. And his presence encourages us and lifts us up and refreshes us. And listen, I want to tell you whether or not I got the request that I've asked of God just to have the peace that passes understanding in my soul would be enough because he is what I need more than anything else in this world. And so uh, uh, draw near to him and he'll draw near to you. It's a promise of scripture. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for giving us this invitation. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that makes all of this possible, God. That the veil was ripped, the price was paid at Calvary. So that we could be...